Well, welcome to the Situation Report for May 8th, 2023. It's Lieutenant Colonel Murray. You know, every day I wake up and I think the administration can't do anything dumber than they did yesterday. And then I realize, yes, they can. Title 42 is going to go down as one of the biggest strategic blunders in world history. And it's going to be levied on the shoulders of both Obama, Biden, and probably Clinton. Because what's about to happen is the death of our country. And it's going to happen right in front of our eyes. I've been asked several times over the weekend, how's the situation going to develop? And I can tell you the situation is going to develop by a couple of different, there's going to be a couple of vectors that, that this could go into. We saw on Sunday that somebody drove over six immigrants sitting at a bus stop, drove over them. They were angry at the influx of all these illegals that were homeless in their in their city. They're being give, given room, board, food, water, clothing. And you have Americans that are dying from fentanyl and are homeless that are literally dying from wounds that can be treated in a hospital, but they're not getting seen in hospitals. They're, they're sitting in waiting room for six, seven hours and they're never being seen. And yet there's, you're seeing these, these illegals being bussed across the border, enticed to come here by the, the UN and the US, the US government, and then they're, begin, they're rolling out the red carpet for them. That's going to burn people up. And then at the same time, Soros and crew have put in all of these district attorneys and these law enforcement senior officials or prosecutors that aren't going to prosecute any of them for crimes, they're going to prosecute you. And the whole system's designed to create chaos. And you're about to see that hit a culmination point and then descend into anarchy. Americans are fiercely territorial. And when you cross that line and you cross over into their property, you're going to see gunfire erupt. And it's going to start out slowly, and it's going to build to a crescendo, and it's literally going to consume the entire country. And what I see coming out of this is two countries. You're going to see a conservative part of the country. You're going to see a liberal part of the country. And you're going to see the liberal part of the country implode. But a lot of people, are, a lot of good people are going to die in the process of that. And you're going to see the conservative part of the country flourish. About 30 years ago, I read this book called Out of the Ashes. It was by William Johnstone. It was a men's action adventure book. And a few weeks ago, I picked it up and I started reading it again. And I was struck by how, how many parallels are described in this book from 30 years ago and what's happening today. And the premise of the story because it's a whole series of books, right? Most of it's just, it's written for kids, right? So it's just changing clips and, and shooting people. But one of the interesting aspects of the storyline is in book one. And the premise of the story is that the U.S. becomes ultra liberal and they clamp down the First Amendment, they clamp down the Second Amendment, they clamp down the Fourth Amendment and the Fourteenth Amendment, and they create these squads of these Basically, they're, they're thought police, which should sound vaguely familiar to what's going on in Europe. At the same time, all that's going on, you have this rogue element in the military 
that's trying to create a nuclear war with China and Russia. And they succeed because they use missile systems that were supposed to be um, decommissioned to start an attack on both China and Russia, which prompts a retaliatory strike. But instead of the strike being strictly nuclear, it's biological and nuclear. And it kills off a good percentage of the population. And the only people left are the people that were prepared, a.k.a. the rebels, and then the criminal elements. And throughout the throughout the series, there's there's like in any other situation where humanity is left, you know, to its own devices, warlords, you know, come and go. There's battles for specific parts of the country. And what ultimately ends up happening is there's two countries. There's the northern states of America and the southern states of America. And the northern states of America is all blue, is all, um, it's a basically it's a liberal country in the southern part. Southern states of America is the conservative side of the house. And what you see is that the conservative part of the country thrives and the liberal part of the country basically implodes. It's lawless. They they can't keep they can't th keep things working. This this mentality of these these liberal bleeding heart um, victims take over the country and it, it turns into a cesspool. Kind of like it is now. But what struck me about the book is the fact that it parallels the thought process that we see play out in our government every single day. People don't realize what an echo chamber Washington, D.C. is. You know, the Pentagon's an echo chamber. The, the city of D.C. itself is an echo chamber. And it's, it's a bubble that has been immune to any kind of economic downturns, economic disruptions, any kind of instability, because the city is built around all of us. And even if there's no, there's no local dollars, there's federal dollars that keep that place running. And when you're fleecing the American people and everybody you're paying is getting top dollar, you know, that, that should tell you that there's, there's never a shortage of work there. That's why so many people flock there because it's it's stable employment for the rest of your life. And you don't have to work that hard. You just have to deal with the commute, the wait times and all the other BS that goes along living in DC, but it's an echo chamber. And that echo chamber doesn't realize when it's in peril. It doesn't realize when it's made a blunder. It doesn't realize when the, the wheels of the machine are coming off. And last week, the wheels of the machine came off. Susan Rice quietly left the regime last week. She was running foreign policy. That's a tectonic shift in the leadership of the country. And it was a well-known fact that Rice was running foreign policy for the regime. That is a huge shift. Now, I could make all kinds of, of arguments around what it means. But what I want to focus on is where we are right now and what that departure means. Because we've created a number of perfect storms for this country and our allies. The policies of the regime, specifically the Israel-hating policies of the regime has created the perfect storm for Israel. The first part of this is that we are the backstop for weapons, for troops, 
for munitions for the Israeli army and the Israeli Air Force. We've shipped most of that to Ukraine and Poland. We've shipped most of our combat power to Ukraine and Poland. Now, we could shift forces down to Israel if something arose, but that's not the existential problem right now. The existential problem to Israel is the fact that we've created these, these coalitions and these alliances that China's brokered between all of the Arab nations, and they're starting to normalize, normalize relations. Our key strategy for the past 30 years has been destabilization of one regime or another in the Middle East. The strategy has been to keep them infighting and keep them fighting amongst themselves so they wouldn't go after Israel. And for the most part, that strategy worked overall. However, comma, it also emboldened and strengthened Iran, which is what, who I think Obama really works for, is the Iranian government. And he's a devout Muslim, and so is John Brennan. And if you look at their actions when he was in office the first two times, and what he did to support and bring Iran out of the shadows, you could see very clearly that he is not only at the behest of them, he is working on their behalf. And our conflict in both Afghanistan and Iraq only benefited Iran. So now you have an emboldened power in the region. You have Arab countries normalizing relations. It's a perfect storm to attack Israel within three to five years. At the same time, the U.S. is imploding. Our weapon systems are primarily in Europe, and they're not coming back. So there's nothing to replenish the Israeli military when they run out of missiles, bullets, tanks, etc. That's a huge strategic problem, not just for us, but for the rest of the world. And I know what a lot of people think. Screw Israel. We don't need them. We're talking about religious land that has been fought over for 2,000 years. You're telling me that doesn't matter? This is the home of Christianity and the home of the Muslim religion. And you're telling me that doesn't matter. It more than matters. And where I'm going with this is that if you're Israel, it makes a hell of a lot of sense to go after the regime that's trying to destroy you and all and embolden all of your neighbors and disrupt them to keep your country alive. And if I was Mossad, I would be balls deep in the Biden regime right now, disrupting everything they tried to do. And I'd be disclosing all kinds of shit that would not only embarrass them, but force the hand of DOJ and the moderates in the country to make something happen to remove him from office. And see, that's where the problem lies. That's the perfect storm for us. Because you can't replace Biden with Camilla Harris. First of all, she's a fucking tyrant. Second of all, she's as dumb as a sack of hammers. And third, and most importantly, she's not controllable. And they are not going to allow somebody they can't control in the, the most powerful office in the nation. She's too much of a loose cannon for the powers that be, which is a quandary because you can't bring Michael Obama in and you can't bring Hillary Clinton in. So who do you bring in to replace old Joe? There's nobody to replace him. 
they're not going to put RFK Jr. in there. There's no way. He's way too on the too far towards the center for any of any of the regime that's in DC or any of the echo chamber. So it creates the perfect storm. The perfect storm of infighting, the perfect storm of conflict, the perfect storm of the rats abandoning ship. And pretty soon you have monumentally stupid decisions being made. One of those decisions will be to lock down on social media and alternative media so they can control the narrative. And they will do that prior to 2024. And when they do that, gunfire. Because people have had enough. So you have the perfect storm in two different places now. The third one's the economy. The economic situation is beyond dire for just not just our country, but Europe, China, dire situations in all of those economies. And an economic collapse will not just be, it will not just be bigger than the Great Depression. It will be cataclysmic across the planet. And that will create nothing but chaos. The displacement of people and their livelihoods gone overnight will draw fire on politicians and leaders as well as first responders. They've created the perfect storm for a lot of things to happen all at the same time. And Title 42 is just going to be, the it's going to precipitate the situation. It's going to be the catalyst that starts everything. This week you had Mark Lamb and you had um, uh, Sheriff Wilmot in the southern part of Arizona talk about this, this Title 42 and what it means to their counties. Their counties are basically going to collapse. The 1,500 soldiers that Biden sent to the border are there to help people and process people. They're not to turn people back. And you notice that Katie Hobbs hasn't done anything to activate the guard here in Arizona to do anything to stem the tide. Why? Because she's owned by the cartels. How do you think that's going to play out? This is the start of the end of our country. And you, you should take that and burn that into your soul. What you thought America was will no longer be after the 11th. And you have to decide right now. Are you willing to fight for your country? Or are you going to roll over and give the globalists what they want? Total control. Because that's what they want. Absolute control. There's no mechanism that's going to stem the tide of what's about to hit us. There's no language that's going to convince anyone in Washington, D.C. that this is a massive blunder. There's no actions that you can take in D.C. right now that's going to stop this from happening. And this has to happen. The country we know has to be reset from the ground up. People need to know and be reminded of what it means to struggle. The entire country has got complacent. They've gotten lazy. They've gotten apathetic. And that's why we're in the situation we're in. I said to Joe Oldman last November, your protest will be a litany test for our country. 
if people are serious, they're going to come out and they're going to protest. And no one showed up. And it told me all in one moment that people have to be, they have to have their backs against the wall before they're willing to fight. Well, guess what, folks? You can argue with me. You can call me names. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can tell me that the white hats are in the background. You can tell me that Trump's coming back. I don't care what you tell me. The 11th is going to happen, whether you like it or not. The day is coming where illegals will be able to cross the border with impunity. And there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. Your opportunity to do something was a year ago, and all of you decided to stay home. So put your big girl pants on and put your big boy pants on and get ready to fight because that's what's coming next. And there's no way around it now. There's no peaceful resolution to this. There's no middle ground. There's no negotiations. There's only one way this ends, and that's with gunfire. So you want to argue about real raw news? You want to argue about Q or devolution? Go for it. The situation on the ground says that everything that you've read in each one of those different psyops is not true. And you're about to see the proof of that graphically in your face when you see millions of military-age males showing up in every major city in this country. If you think I'm kidding, go look at Paris. Paris is a cesspool. And it used to be a beautiful city, just like San Francisco. Used to be a beautiful city. Now it's a cesspool. And because it's a cesspool, it's never going to be the same. Everybody made their choice. You made your choice last November. You made your choice in 2020 and 2021. When you didn't get out and get involved, you made your choice. And now everything's coming home to roost. We're heading towards a culmination point that we can no longer avoid. I could yell and scream about it. I could sit here and shout out, where, where are all the general officers? Where's all the senior officers? Doesn't matter anymore. They're going to be forced into action regardless of what they say or do. And the kicker in all of this is that all of these people that should have done something already, that are hanging on to their retirements, hanging on to their they're going to lose it all. The collapse that's coming is going to be cataclysmic. The likes of which we've never seen before. Greater than the Great Depression. And Luongo's been talking about it. Alex Craner's been talking about it. There's a host of people have been talking about it. And yet nobody's listening to it. That's why I say we have to go through this now. Because the die has already been cast. And I would love to sit here and say everything's going to be awesome. But let me ask you a question. Do you honestly think that if somebody came in and rescued the day, that you would change any of your bad habits right now? Do you think you would change anything in your life? You think anybody else would? They won't. 
and they won't because there's no incentive to change. People need incentive to change, and they if they don't have it, they're not going to do it on their own. It's human nature. The only time somebody changes is when they hit rock bottom. Not when they're at the top. How many people are at the top of their game, like Bill Gates saying, you know, I got enough money, I think I'm going to go get back to humanity. No, he's still maniacally scheming and killing people. It's when you hit bottom that you realize that things could have been way better and you can do things better, so you set out to change yourself and change your situation. That's what most of America has to go through to wake up to the situation that's at hand. And if somebody came in and saved the day right now, would you actually be grateful for that? Or would you just be thankful that you didn't have to suck it up and fight? Because I can tell you, most combat veterans, they're thankful for the things they have in their life. They have survivor's guilt because their friends didn't come back. But they're thankful for every day. And they're thankful for every day in this country. I wake up every day and I'm thankful for the things in my life. My family, my friends, the people I've met. And just spending time talking to my kids every day. I'm thankful for that. How many people do you know that are wrapped up in money, power, fame, are even interested in their family? So even if somebody did come in and save the day, would you actually be thankful for that? Would you be grateful for that? And if you were, how long would that last? A day or two? Would it be enough for you to get involved and to change the rest of society and make it better? Or would you go back to your day-to-day life watching football, drinking beers on on Friday and not really giving a shit about anything. I'm telling you, there's a there's a direct correlation between the amount of suck that people have to go through and the amount of motivation they have to change it. And what we're about to go through, we're going to go through so that we can build a better future for our children and their children. It's It's like that line, and I think it's episode three of Band of Brothers, where Ron Spears says to Albert Blythe, Blythe, you're already dead. You're still holding out hope because you think you're going to survive, but Blythe, you're already dead. The sooner you accept that, the sooner you can function as a soldier. It's one of the most poignant statements in the whole movie, besides Dick Winter saying to Buck Compton in episode two, Day of Days, it's 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 that com like that comment where he says, never take from these men. You're in a position of power. Never put yourself in a position where you're taking from these men. Never abuse your power. Those are the two best lines in that whole movie. And most people completely miss them. But the point remains. Artie, you have to accept the situation you're in and move out and fight. And you're gonna have to fight. It's going to come to every community in our country. The enemy has had 10 years, 12 years, 20 years to plan and execute this. We've had three years to be awake and to do something about it. And the whole time we've spent it infighting, judging, calling people names, creating conflict, and doing nothing to build a coalition. I mean, you see it on the influencers. People are still angry because I blew up Flynn. 
And somebody said to me this week, if you apologize, people would be more apt to let you in. I'm not going to go groveling back to a bunch of people that screwed me over in the first place. That doesn't build trust. Why would I sacrifice my moral compass for somebody who was trying to intervene in my, in my, in my team in the first place? The logic there is exactly the logic the rest of this community uses to screw each other over with. It's amazing to me. Nobody can see the big picture. The big picture is unity is the hill we die on. If we don't unify as a community, if we don't unify as a country, we're fucked. Let me say it again. If we don't come together, we're fucked. I don't know what part of that people miss. But you got the Bible thumpers out there that are telling me that I need to rev read Revelation because I've never read it before. Then I have people telling me that I'm a fraud, just like Jordan Savers is a fraud, because I call out real raw news. Then I have the people that PM me every day because they're too passive aggressive and too cowardly to put it in the real channel. And then when they do, it's this passive aggressive nonsense. And I don't even have to mess with them anymore. My admins just ban them. We don't have a lot of time left to screw around with squabbles and infighting. It's a waste of energy. And those people can't be saved anyway. They're so staunch in their belief system, they can't hear a word spoken to them. The, the, the reason why we were able to get through all of the, the, the major wars and conflicts we've been able to, to get through is because we unified as a country. We did things for a moral reason. We did things for the benefit of humanity, for the benefit of something bigger than ourselves. We didn't do it so we could get more shit and more money. We did it so that we could free the world and have a better place to live for our children. I don't know why that's such a hard concept for people to hear. But they, they just can't hear it. So guess what? Embrace the suck because it's coming. And it's coming to a, a community near you. And you can piss and moan about it and go through all five stages of grief, but the end state's still going to be the same. Put your big girl pants on, your big boy pants on, and get in the fight because the fight's coming to you whether you like it or not. And I'm done bitching about general officers being quiet. Guess what, General Empty Frats? Your retirement, all your assets, gone. When they wipe the slate clean with the economic collapse, you're not going to have a military pension. You're not going to have the perks. You're not going to be able to go stay in the VIP quarters on, on whatever base you want to go to. You're done. Game over. You chose your path. Now you get to live with it. While the rest of us are pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, getting organized and fighting back and organizing defense, you're going to be wondering where your retirement went. I can tell you where it went. Those people that you've defended and you've stayed silent for because you thought there was going to be some big payoff, they're going to be dead. And you're going to be fucked. Welcome to the real world. If you hear me say anything tonight, hear this. The hill we die on is unity. You may disagree with me. You may not like me. You may not like the things I do or the things I say. But at some point, we as a country, as a community, need to come together and put our differences aside, 
put our belief systems on hold and fight the fight in front of us if we want a country on the other end of it. And it's not going to look like it did before. It's going to be a different country. And when we're done fighting that fight, then we have to go deal with all these people that have been injured, maimed, and potentially killed by this vaccine. And we need to reverse engineer how they did this so we can undo it. And then when we get through with that, then we take the fucking fight to China. And we beat those communist bastards all the way back to oblivion. And we eradicate the whole fucking communist system in total. And then we never let this happen again, ever. That's how this has to go. You know, there's a line from Captain America. It's probably one of the best lines I've heard in a long time. And it's in Winter Soldier, where he goes into the he goes into Shield and he gets on the loudspeaker and he says, This is Steve Rogers. You've heard about a lot about me over the last couple of days. Hydra's in the building. I don't know how many. I don't know who they are, but they're in the building. And they almost have what they want. Absolute control. Alexander Pierce is one of them. And the price of freedom's high. It always has been. But I'm, I'm willing to pay that price. And if I'm the only one, so be it. All of you should feel that way right now. All of you. For your children, for their children. It's not what we it's not what we get out of this for ourselves. It's what we leave behind for our children. And what we make out of this is what matters. It's the only thing that matters. Everything else is noise. We need to instill selfless service in the next generations. And we need to undo all this race, this bigotry, and all of this trans and transhumanist bullshit. And we need to shut it all down and rebuild a society that is focused on building, helping, and enhancing society. Not getting, buying, and using more shit. That's not who we are. That's never who we, that's never who we were. And we need to remind the younger generations now who we are, what we've always been about. And we need to tell people the truth about our history. Not, not the history that the elite want us to believe. The true history. Who did what, where they did it, when they did it, etc. That's what matters. And that's what we need to build. So tonight I'm going to end with a little Van Morrison. This is Into the Mystic. It's one of his one of his most favorite songs, but I think it's appropriate for tonight. Unity is the hill we die on. Unity is what's going to see us through this. Unity is the only way we win. God bless. One team, one fight. Born before the wind, also oh, young.
stronger than the sun Yeah, the bonnie boat was one As we sail into the mystic Oh, I can hear the sailors cry Smell the sea and feel the sky Let your soul and spirit fly into the mystic And where that foghorn blows I will be coming home Yeah, when the foghorn blows, I wanna hear it. I don't have to fear it, and I wanna rock your gypsy soul. Just like way back in the days of old. Yeah, magnificently we will fold into the mystic. You know I will be coming home Yeah, when that foghorn whistle blows I gotta hear it I don't have to fear it And I wanna rock your gypsy soul Just like way back in the day the whole And together we will fold I can hear